Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. So, Father, we thank you for what happened in Puerto Rico. We thank you for what happened here in Miami. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for Spring of Life Fellowship. Thank you for the leaders and the families that formed this church, Lord, and are a part of the body of Christ. We pray that we would be a blessing to all the families of the earth, Lord, that you give us a sound mind and sound words, Lord, and sound doctrine in all our ways. Bless your word this morning as we share it, Lord, and let it be a deposit of your heart as we celebrate Father's Day, that we, Father, might be an example to all those that are walking as sons of disobedience, sons of rebellion. We pray, Father God, that your peace and your joy would be in our hearts and that we might champion life and champion ministry and champion marriage, Lord, in our finances, in our every part of our life would be expression of your faithfulness and promises fulfilled over us. We pray that this good seed will be planted in good hearts and bring forth good fruit for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Instrumental to being able to do what God has us doing is a relationship that is set, uh, seated in Christ. So you guys know um, my testimony when I come at the age of 16. Um, I, I open up Deuteronomy 28. I see all the curses, all the blessings. If you keep my word, all these blessings are yours. If you don't keep my word and you're disobedient, all these curses are yours. And so I was uh, concerned that I wanted to be a man of blessing, a man blessed in my marriage, blessed in my family, blessed in my work. And I said, Lord, if everything depends on keeping your word, then I need to read the Bible. I'm 16 years old, totally rebellious, but being confronted by God. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to have the blessings based on Deuteronomy 28, it shall come to pass, verse 1, that if you listen to my voice, and if you observe carefully my commandments, I command you today that the Lord, listen here, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. This is a powerful promise. If you concentrate on my word and my commandments, you do them, I'll lift you high above all the nations. I was 16 and feeling really low at that time. So I had a conviction to tell God, I've never even read this book. And so I felt God saying, you better, because all the blessings are based upon you observing and obeying the voice of the Lord your God based on commandments. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to hear? I got, I, I got this whole big book and whoop, I opened it up. Ephesians 6 verse 1. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right this is the very first verse that I read after I had read Deuteronomy 28 I, I, the Lord took me straight to the issue that was an issue in my life because I was very angry at my father I was I was so upset because of the divorce at home the separation the sadness the sorrow I blamed him for everything, but God says, listen, I need you to honor that man. That man that you might not like too much, the man that you're angry at, that you has caused sorrow, you need to get your relationship right with that person. 
And, and I was so upset. Verse 2 says like this, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise? Verse 3, that everything will be well with you, that it may be well with you, and that you might live a long life on the earth. And I said, and what if I don't? I was rebellious. I was disobedient. And he says, turn those two promises around. It's not going to go well with you. And you're going to live a short life on the earth. You're going to die. And I said, you convinced me. So I'm going to start being a good son. And, 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 and God says, look, it doesn't matter how upset you are at this situation. If you run the course of being honoring that man, I have a plan for your life. And so that's, that was the chore and the task from that moment on. I didn't know what God was doing, but he spoke to me clearly. It was no church. It was no preaching. It was no pastor. God was talking me straight up that if I was going to be blessed in this world, it had to be fixing my relationship with dad. And so something supernatural, and I'm sure he can testify of how he would begin to address me, and I began to listen to what he had to say. I, I, I told him one day, I want to be a psychologist because I want to help a lot of young people to be able to counsel them. And he says, no, son, don't be a psychologist, be a lawyer. I didn't even know what a lawyer was. And because he spoke those words, and I went in that direction, and you'll see it in my high school yearbook. I was 16 years old, and I said, I'm going to go to law school. And it was only because I wanted to honor my father because God had a plan with my life. I decided to stop arguing with him and stop going against what he was saying and saying, Lord, this is, what I, this is the deal I made with God. Out of my dad's mouth is the direction of God. So I don't care how he does it. Whatever he says, I'm going to listen to. And sometimes he was angry. Sometimes he was yelling. Sometimes I had to figure out what God was trying to say through him. But I did. And I moved in that direction to bring honor to his name and pleasure. So that relationship uh, allowed the heavens to open up. James chapter 1 verse 17. We read it already. Because the key and the conduit, which means the pathway of everything that's going to come from heaven to us will come through a relationship with a father that's where the inheritance comes and that's where the bible says every good gift every perfect gift everything that god has designed for us to achieve in this world comes from above down from the father of lights the pathway of prosperity is in honoring your dad with whom there is no shadow or variation of turning. You might not understand it. I know my sons, they had a hard time understanding what I was speaking. A lot of times the role of a mother is so important because I would speak to my sons and then Yvette would go into their room and explain to them what I was trying to say and say, your dad's not a psychopath. Your dad's not uh, a, a weird, strange man, what your father is trying to tell you, and she would decipher the code. And I encourage all the women to do the same for your children. Because if you don't turn your, the children's heart back to the father, the Bible says the greatest form of chaos and curses will come upon the land. We see that in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, where God says these words, I will turn... 
the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers. Because if this connection does not take place, I will strike the earth with a curse. So you see that upon the earth, there have been great movements of destruction. This, this faith called um, the Islam, the Muslim faith, the Quran came out of the life and the loins of an orphan. This guy, Muhammad, wrote a book and he has brought a huge contradiction where nations have been taken into wrong worship because they've departed the worship of our God and Father. And so you see, they plague the land with a faith that is not blessed. Uh, a faith that does not cause a blessing to the families. One of the things that um, uh, Bin Laden said, he had like 28 brothers from 15 moms, and, and he didn't know his family, and he was separated and distanced and disconnected, and he had anger in his heart because he was, he was proliferated into an existence contrary to the word of God. That multiple wives, multiple children, multiple families, selfishness, he ended up, Muhammad, marrying an eight-year-old in his old age. So you see that an orphan has no boundaries. And when he produces something, it's darkness. The same thing with communism. That is the fruit of an orphan spirit, where they despise a father, where they dishonor the family, where they turn away God from the nation. When the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. But they decided to say, we don't need God. We don't need dads. We don't need family. And so the fruit of an orphan is communism. And they produce unfruitful land. Why? Because a son is walking, like it says in Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, blessed is the individual whom God places in family. God sits the lonely. The people that don't have a place he puts them in family to bring them out of captivity to prosperity. When you're captive and you say, what holds these people captive? It's called selfishness. And a relationship with father will break the yoke of selfishness. Because you can't be selfish in a family. If, if you're selfish in a family, you are going to get spanked, my son. That's, that's what a dad does. If he sees you overpowering the family to your self-centeredness, and selfishness, he rebukes you. And the Bible says, a father who loves his children disciplines him. And so here we see, but the rebel, the rebellious, will dwell in a dry land. What's this mean? That God's plan for man and woman is to be part of a family. The word family is the father's house. Because when you pull out the father from the house, Unwanted pregnancy, drug addiction, alcoholism, number one cause of mental illness are the fatherless. When you don't have a father. So here, Romans 8.15, he says, you're not being called back into bondage through the spirit of the Lord. You did not receive a spirit of selfishness so that you could walk in fear, but in the confidence you've received the spirit of adoption. So your attitude changes now to love to celebrate, to embrace the Father. Call him Abba Father, the Bible says. That word in Hebrew is Daddy, Daddy. 
a right relationship with the Father. So until we don't heal in these areas, we don't stand to inherit. There's no blessing to be found. Everything that we can uh, achieve without a father is going to be short-lived. Um, one of the powerful verses is John 8, 29. We say it here often. The father sent me. He hasn't ab abandoned me. He who sent me is with me. The father never leaves me alone. Have you ever told your dad, leave me alone, dad? That's not going to happen. The dad is never going to leave you alone. He's always going to be on your case. He's always going to be correcting you. He's always going to be instructing you. Listen to me. I have something to say. If you are with a woman that hates your father's correction, leave her now. If you're about to get married and the woman you're going to get married doesn't like your father busting your chops, she is a witch from hell. Because a father, a, a, a man needs a father's instruction so that he could put his house in order. And if she doesn't want you to come to order, it's because you're going for a ride, my friend. That's just a little treat for some people. But the truth of the matter is, I told a woman in this church years ago, she took her family and they took off. But I told her, listen, you are wicked. Because every time your husband comes to the pastors for direction and instruction, you question his virility and manhood. And you tell him, why are you going to these men? Aren't you men enough to make decisions on your own? No, because he needs a spiritual dad to help him make good decisions. And when he comes to the men of God, who you're supposed to treat with double honor, he's going to get the instruction to put your house in order. But if you're a witch, you don't have a house in order. And you start questioning your husband's manhood because he's seeking the counsel of God. You, my friend, are a little witch. Okay, that was a side note. It's so important. I told her, your husband needs the counsel of the Lord. Don't question his manhood when he's coming to seek advice from God. And so in the uncertainty or uncertainty of not having the counsel of God, the man now is indecisive at home and his wife begins to tell him what to do. Because he doesn't have the counsel of God. And Bishop Wellington Boone would say, instead of him having a he said, a God said, he has a she said. Because that witch rules the house. And she usurps the place of God. And so her children never get the counsel of God to bless their family. And so we've seen this too often. God wants us to have fathers that lead the home. There in Psalm 112, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who fears God, and he delights greatly in his commands. If you're a father, if you order your house after God's counsel, then the result is verse 2. His children will be mighty on the earth. The result of having a godly father with godly counsel is that his children might be champions. So a world-changing father has world-changing sons and daughters. The Bible says in verse 3 that riches and wealth will be in that house. And his righteousness will continue forever. The promises are amazing. And so you see the concern Jesus had when he left. He says, I leave you the Holy Spirit so you're not orphans. 
I don't want to keep you as orphans. I want you guys to have a strong voice of the Father. And the Father, like my daughter just said this morning, he allows with grace, he allows with a call to high ground for the best of the woman to blossom. There it was in Exodus chapter 20, when God told his people, listen, I'm going to, Moses, the people don't want to come up and see me in the mountain. I'm going to give you instruction for how they're to live upon the earth. Verse 20, um, chapter 20, verse 2, Exodus 22, he says like this, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. He gave them 10 commandments. And the first three all dealt with their relationship with God. You're not going to have other gods before me. Verse 4, he continues to tell them, you shall not make any image of any likeness that's in heaven. Have no idols before me. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to these idols. I'm a jealous God. He was giving them instructions on how to approach him. Verse 6, because I am he who shows mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Verse 7, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. That was the third commandment. Verse 8, you shall keep the Sabbath day holy. You're going to meet me every week. I want to have a relationship with you. This is God instructing his people. And so you say, okay, all these commandments out of 10, the first four have to do with a relationship with God. What would be his instruction for man upon the earth? How do we reach the highest expression of godliness or pleasing God is verse 9. So he talks about the, the six days you shall labor and the one word you do all the work. Verse 10. And the seventh day you shall rest. Verse 11. This is the verse. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. So God says, listen, I want to teach you how to have a, relation, a right relationship vertically. But now when it comes to the earth horizontally, if you don't honor that source of instruction, that source of correction, that source of discipline. And, and I tell the men in this house, there's a father in this house. And they all know they've been in my office and they've been corrected. And you can tell a son from the one who receives the instruction. Because it's not imposed upon. There in Hebrews chapter 12, we want to go there real quickly. He says, those who receive not instruction and discipline and correction is because they're not sons. Look what it says here. Mm, verse 8. But if you are without chastening and discipline, which we all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. The word illegitimate is the Greek word nothos, where we get nothing from. You want to become a big fat nothing? Then despise the father in the house so what we have done all over the nations when we go into a nation we identify who is the father over that nation and so we went into peru and we asked the question who is the father over the movement of god and they told us it was a man named pedro ferreira and so me and pastor 
Medieros went to his office. And we says, we're in Peru, and we have a message for all the Peruvians. And he says, what is that message? And we gave him the vision of changing the world. And he says, you know something? What you're doing is crazy. But it's from the Lord. And I want to interview tomorrow in my one-hour program. He was the owner of the national television and the national radio. And he interviewed us for an hour. And he says, you know something? You have the model that we will invite to our nation. And we should have the stadium. Uh, Pat Robertson had just been there. He says, I want to have this stadium event where I allow all the pastors in all of Peru to come to listen to you. The same thing was said of us in Argentina when we went to Buenos Aires. And they said, the last person that was here was Jimmy Swaggart. And you are the next person to bring a word to this nation. And so you see that in honoring fathers in all places, the doors are open through the roof. And God has given us a large inheritance in Poland, in uh, Switzerland, in Germany, all over the world. Men have seen this vision and says, you know something? We want it. Even in Arab nations, Reza Safa, he translated our Expedition Cuba movie to be able to shoot through the satellite over the Muslim nations. All five of the episodes of What is a Man Cuba, Expedition Cuba. Translated, we're speaking this language we don't even know. In Arab. And, and, and they're, they're broadcasting that over all the nations. And so he says, we want to translate your book, What is a Man, in Farsi, the Iranian language. And the Polish says, we want that book in Polish. And so we see that as we honor God the Father, and Jesus came for us to have right relationship with him. And so we repent, and we ask forgiveness, and we accept Christ, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And now we are sons of God, modeling a relationship with the Father and all fathers to honor them, to give them a place in our lives that is super important because it forges the character of Christ in our lives. And so this morning we have the message on becoming a world-changing father. Um, you see that God is not playing games. Lamentations 5, you read it later, chapter 5. It is a whole chapter dedicated to people who father is missing. When the father is not play, playing his role in that relationship, they say like this in Lamentations 5.1, O Lord, remember what has come upon us. We are a national disgrace. We become a disgrace to the nations when we're not in right relationship with the fathers. It's the only nation that has um, placed forth patriarchs. There's a huge movement against fathers. They call it patriarchy. And, and they're like, well, we, we don't want any patriarchs. Well, guess what? You'll be lost as a nation. You, you'll be lost in your prosperity and your blessing. Uh, you girls that, that had a hard time growing up with your fathers, ask God to heal that area of your life. Because there's a good word for you from the father's heart to bring you up to the place of what God has for you. Let's stand this morning. Father, we thank you that we've celebrated large here in this house. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these truths that set us free. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name that we would see the end result of keeping your word and honoring those who represent fatherhood in our lives. 
We identify them and recognize them because they teach us how to be servants. Like the prodigal son went back to home and told his father, teach me how to be one of your servants. Like Jesus, who said, I always do what pleases him. And through him, the spirit of adoption, where we cry, Abba, Father. And we pray, Father God, that we would heal our childhood, our adolescence, the absence of our father, the hardship, the difficulties, the abandonment, the abuse, Lord, that we have suffered, where the devil wants us to turn our hearts away from the father. But today, this day, we decide to turn our hearts towards the father, that we not dwell in a dry land of rebellion. We pray, Father God, that you would heal us and that we might receive the instruction and the discipline and the correction that comes from these lives. We bless Pastor Richie. We bless him, Lord, and we ask you to, you have said that out of his loins, Lord, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed, Lord. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his marriage. Thank you for the example he's given us. Thank you for Papitin. Thank you for my dad, Lord, and his formation and his humility and his generosity has been a blessing to countless millions upon the earth, Lord. Thank you for the ministry to fatherhood, Lord. Thank you for your faithful sons in this house. Thank you for spiritual fathers raised up as an example. Like Paul said, Lord, that I begot you in the Lord. He says, I birthed you in Christ. So these men who have brought us to the knowledge of salvation, grace, we pray that we might be able to honor them, give them double honor as your word says, Lord. And then thank you for a large and abundant inheritance and reward, Lord. Bless the fathers today, we pray in Jesus' name, and all the people say, Amen! Amen. Hallelujah!